This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. A 4th of July parade turned into a nightmare. As you've been hearing on WBEZ, six people are dead after a mass shooting yesterday in North Suburban Highland Park. And dozens more are injured. This after a shooter with a high-powered rifle fired on July 4th parade goers just a little over 24 hours ago. Our community was terrorized by an act of violence that has shaken us to our core. On a day that we came together to celebrate community and freedom, we're instead mourning the loss, the tragic loss of life and struggling with the terror that was brought upon us. We all went into panic mode. We all ducked down at the beginning. And then as soon as I guess he, because I kind of heard like maybe 10 to 20 shots. And then I started getting really panicky and really like nervous. I started running and we ran behind the building and I put my, my son in a dumpster. And um, he sit there with his dog. And uh, I went back to look for the rest of my family. I left him with someone there so that I can go back to get my phone and find the rest of my family. The voices of Highland Park Mayor Nancy Rotering and several people who witnessed yesterday's events. Now, we are opening our phones to hear from you today. 866-915-WBEZ. We want to know what's on your minds this morning. If you're from Highland Park or if you were at the parade, we want to hear from you, too. Share your story and your thoughts at 866-915-WBEZ. Joining me now is WBEZ reporter Sarah Karp. Hey, Sarah. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for joining. Also here is Chicago Sun-Times Washington Bureau Chief Lynn Sweet. Lynn was at the parade when the shooting began. Welcome back, Lynn. Hi. Uh, I'm glad to be with you, but not on this sad occasion. Yeah, I- I'm so glad that, that you are okay. Um, for those who are unfamiliar, Lynn, can you tell us about Highland Park? What kind of community is it? It's one, it's physically beautiful. It hugs the shore of Lake Michigan. It's about 25 or 30 miles north of downtown Chicago. And it is, uh, it's seen as upscale, but there is more income diversity than you may suspect here. Uh, it is the home to the Ravinia Music Festival. It is the home of uh, just, uh, it, it is, it is a very, uh, big but close-knit suburban community, and it's right on the metro rail line, so it makes it also a very easy commute to downtown, and the railroad played a role in its growth. But people who may not really quite know of Highland Park may not realize that it is the home of Ravinia, which so many people have heard of. Yeah. We are hearing that uh, Highland Park officials are going to be giving an update on the investigation into yesterday's mass shooting. It's coming up in a few minutes at about 11.15 this morning, so stick with WBEZ. We're going to bring that to you live. Take us back to the events of yesterday, Lynn. Um, you were actually at the parade. You were even recording the band playing on the float. So let me know where we left off. You know, I would, and our listeners, I hope, know uh, on Reset, I was in Chicago to cover the Illinois primary on June 29th. That's right. Well, I have family here, and the July 4th holiday was coming, so there is nothing more glorious than being uh, in Highland Park in the summer because it's right by the lake and it's so accessible. And, you know, my plan yesterday was maybe go to the parade and then uh, go kayaking on the lake. So I went there hoping to get a day off of the news just a little parade in celebration mm-hmm. of July 4th. Now, clearly that didn't happen. And what I, I was at the beginning of the parade route. I didn't hear the shots, but here's what I saw that let me know something horrible happened. Uh, I was uh, 
videotaping a klezmer band as it was starting its way on the parade route. And as they're unaware of the shots, and I am, but all of a sudden, a sea of people, clearly panicked, came running towards us. So I asked somebody what happened. They said a shooter. Well, at that point, is that one shot? Was it a firecracker? Uh You don't know. So I made my way toward the Central Avenue, which is the main street where the parade was on. And then, sad to say, I very soon saw bodies, I saw blood, and I saw wounded people and people in terror who were still there and uh, hadn't made their way out yet. Well, we are hearing that the press conference with uh, officials in Highland Park is starting now. So we're going to bring that to you live uh, Actually, it's not starting yet, so we just have a few more minutes with you, Lynn, and and with you, Sarah. Uh, Sorry for that. Um, Lynn, I wanted to bring to your attention your your photo. You you tweeted a picture yesterday. That was when I first noticed what was happening. Um, And uh, it was a very, obviously, you know, bloody photo. Uh, Were you aware of all that was captured in your picture? Because I I think if you look in the far background, there are even some— And and so our listeners know— um, I didn't mean to. I was taking a picture of this pool of blood that I write about this morning. It looked to me, maybe this was my Rorschach test. It looked, it was big and thick, and I thought I was taking something symbolic of the horrible occurrence that had just happened. And sad to say, there were some victims in the background that I did not uh, realize during the picture, and I apologized to people who saw it. And uh, it. It was in the speed of trying to convey what was happening and tell people what was going on uh, that it happened. Yeah. Uh, Sarah, you were on the ground in Highland Park yesterday after the shooting occurred. What was the atmosphere like at that point? Well, I mean, you can't imagine how somber it was. I mean, it was very... it was just not like it was the 4th of July at all. I mean, you know, on the 4th of July, usually you see people out having barbecues. You know, you, you hear a lot of firecrackers during the day, fire fireworks in the evening. And instead, you know, it was just swarming with police from like, you know, every different agency that you could think of. And then also, you know, it was just everybody was very, very... um nervous during the day too because you know during the whole day the um alleged shooter hadn't been um first they didn't even know his name and then once they knew his name for a long time he hadn't been captured and so it was both tense and somber yeah this was a a day that was supposed to be filled with joy right and and celebration and when you get group gatherings like this, you know, they tend to have a lot of security. We saw a lot of police on the streets uh, of the parade. I think in every shot that I saw, um, there were uh, police on bikes or, you know, on foot. Uh, But tragedies like this do become more and more frequent. So do you think that there will be any movement on gun control from our legislators, at least locally, Sarah? Well, you know, I I know yesterday at one of the press conferences, Senator Duckworth, Tammy Duckworth, did, you know, point out that her and Durbin had spearheaded legislation, um, some bipartisan legislation on gun control that came after the Uvalde, Texas shooting. You know, probably probably Lynn Sweet would know better, you know, exactly what the chances of, the, of that actually getting, you know, all the way through and yeah. getting signed would be, but... You know, I, I after all these tragedies, I mean, the first thing that you hear people say is, 
why do we have this happening here? And but then, you know, a couple of weeks later, you stop hearing as much. So mm-hmm. what do you think, Lynn? Well, if I if I may jump in the it was a Herculean effort even to get the fairly uh, uh, mundane out of all the proposals dealing with guns. But this one had to do with a more mental health funding and some provisions, I think, dealing with ghost guns. Uh, or, or straw buyers, and that's important. But in the end, do you, if you're asking, and if our listeners want to know, will this tragedy in Highland Park spur Congress to do something that they weren't willing to do just a few weeks ago in May when we had the twin tragedies in Ovalde and Buffalo, uh, my sense is no. You don't even have 50 Democratic senators that would stick together for some of the things some Democrats want, especially a ban on assault weapons. Mm -hmm. Irony, irony. Highland Park has an assault weapon ban. The mayor battled it all the way up to the Supreme Court. It's, in a sense, largely symbolic because this is just one suburb. But it shows how hard it is, even in the wake of tragedy, that the Senate Got, that the Democratic senators got Republicans to go along with even the few things they did, which President Biden signed into law, uh, is something that I think will be hard to replicate unless it's another small bore issue. And when you talk about this issue of mass shootings, we're all looking at the uh, person of interest's Facebook postings and mm-hmm. interactions and some behavior that might have tipped it off. It seems to me in my analysis that you can't talk about gun violence and not talk about the weapons that the shooters bring to the scene. And when you have a rapid-fire high-powered weapon, as was the case in Highland Park on July 4th, combined with the ability to use high-capacity magazines, that is, you have a lot of bullets that you could go boop, 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 boop with uh, in rapid fire, then you have this combustible combination that results in murder. How come we never see the social posts until after something like this happens? Well, how would you? How would you know? Like, why? And why would you? Would you? Now, let me just put this. I'm talking to two journalists. Why would you be cruising through Facebook? And if you saw somebody had some... Well, not me, uh, whoever follows or, him. But there's just a lot of people out there. Yeah. Uh, what do you y- think, Sarah? You know, one, one thing that's sort of interesting about this is that, so I was talking to a young woman who lives in the community um, yesterday, and she was saying that the minute that the description came out, all the people that were in her age group, like in that 20-year-old age group, thought of this young man because they knew that this young, I mean, first of all, the description was very close to what he he wound up looking like, and you know, they knew that there was something, I mean, the way that she put it is that there was something not, not quite right with him, that he was very hard to get through, that like through school, he was hard to get through. And then they'd seen posts by him that they yeah. thought were disturbing. And so, but I guess it's like what, even for those young people, I mean, who, who do they, t- let's say you say this kid's, a, you know, something's going on with this kid. Who who do you, who do tell? you tell? Like, who do you call? But, you but you Sarah, call to, to that point. Yeah, well, to that point, his uncle spoke on, on CBS Chicago and, and said, you know, he said something to the tune of, you know, I, we, we didn't see this coming or I, I didn't see this coming. I didn't see any signs. But then proceeds to talk about things that could have been signs and, and talked about his, you know, having 
been down for the last few years, not having a job, being unemployed for two years, and just sort of listed off all these things um, that, you know, demonstrated the fact that the the shooter had been um, withdrawn at, at the very least. Um, right. And I think I, I think that the, the combination of like we, we generally I don't think people really know what to do in mental health circumstances. I mean, if the young man didn't take himself to a therapist or take himself to some, you know, some sort of um, to get help, what do you do? I mean, wh- how, how do you where where was the uncle supposed to go? What was the uncle supposed to do? I don't mm-hmm. I don't know that anybody has the answer for that. And yeah. You know, I think that that it it bears some you know something to look at, considering that you know yes, this is this is definitely an, an issue of guns and and what guns this young man was able to get a hold of. But also, when you look at the demographic of the um people that did the last three shooting mass shootings that have been you know well publicized, um you know the you you see similarities. They're young men, young white men yeah. who are having trouble. Sarah, what do we, and Lynn, both of you, what do we know so far about about victims? Um, I know inv- information is still coming in, but who are this, the six people that we lost yesterday? Still trying to identify everyone. And the Sun-Times story, which I hope everyone reads at suntimes.com, we have two victims identified. Uh, one was a, a woman who worked at uh, North Shore Congregation Israel, mm-hmm. and the synagogue put out a statement. And the other one, I, I, I think the uh, Nicholas Toledo. On the, yes, yeah, Nicholas yes, yes, Toledo, who's Toledo, a grandfather. A grandfather. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have a wonderful story about him uh, in in the paper. Uh, we don't have information that is public yet on the other four victims or people who are wounded. I I know of other people who are wounded who don't want to talk yet. So hopefully we will hear their stories in time. Do we know if any are children? You know, they'd said that the five that were killed, that died on the scene were all adults. But the the one thing that we don't know is the sixth victim who died at the hospital. We, as far as I know, no one has said that person's age. Yeah, it's important to note. Uh, you know, as much as we're having discussions now, we still do not have a motive yet in this shooting. Officials could potentially give us an update on that in that upcoming press conference. Uh, Sarah Highland Park Mayor Nancy Rotering said on uh, Morning Edition earlier she expects charges to be brought against the shooter later today. Do you have any more information yes. on that? I, I talked to her. Uh, uh, earlier this morning to uh, right near the crime scene. Mm-hmm. And my guess is when we get this Highland you know, Park press conference started, we will uh, know we will know the nature of the charges. But yes, she has been uh, saying that the charges are expected to be filed today. And then we start talking about uh, the suspected shooter in a different way. The person becomes not a person of interest, but somebody who's charged. Yeah, the murder. We do have one caller who has uh, dialed us, wants to join the conversation. Here is Ben in Humboldt Park. Hey, Ben. Welcome to Reset. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. Thanks for calling. What's on your mind? Um, so, so I'm a I'm a psychotherapist, and I I work in um, in Northbrook and Highland Park, and uh, I've been um, I've been engaging in triage since uh, yesterday morning and believe I'll be continuing to do so for, for quite some time. Uh, as I'm driving to my office, I, I feel like someone going to war. Um, 
So I guess I just wanted to put out there to uh, look out for the caregivers in your life this week because I, I think we're going to need it. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I had to say. Oh, Ben, thank you so much for calling. Really appreciate your call. If you want to join our conversation here on Reset, remember our phone lines are open for the entire show, 866-915-WBEZ. Again, 866-915-WBEZ. Sarah, what's it like hearing what, what Ben just had to say? Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a hard situation and for, for so many people, I mean, you know, the one thing that we heard was, you know, these kids were, so many kids were there and, and adults, but these kids saw a lot of, of, um, people getting hurt, maybe even people getting killed. And so, you know, that's going to be something that's going, they're going to hold for, for their whole, whole life. And even the adults, you know, I talked to a, a father and a daughter, the daughter was 29 years old. And this was just, you know, maybe an hour and a half, two hours after the shooting took place. And they, you know, the daughter thinks that she saw um, one or two people die yesterday on the, on the street. And wow. You know, she was just she was just shaken. I mean, she was just like, I don't you know, she kept saying, I don't know how to process this. I don't you know, this is just surreal. And, you know, as she was talking, she's just trying to like sort of, you know, say to herself, is this is this real? Did this happen to Mm -hmm. her to, you know, to what she saw? And so, you know, yeah, yes, the community is going to be, you know, need some support um, for sure. Yeah. Time and time again, we've got to, you know, get behind the mic and, and talk about these types of things. It, it, it gets, um, it, it's, a, it's a lot, you know, and, and I'm heartbroken. I'm watching footage, you know, as we, as we speak, um, people's things that were just abandoned, chairs, umbrellas, slippers. Is yeah. that what you were seeing, Lynn? I, I can imagine in, in that very chaotic moment. In a sense, it wasn't as people abandoned things. That's clear, but it wasn't chaotic because everybody kind of knew that they had to get out. There were only two directions to go into, east or west, because the shooting was in the center of the street, and people just left. There was no, I, I, uh, and the responders who were around started uh, responding. They they stayed on the scene and started trying to help people and the police on uh, bicycles started looking for the shooter. Uh, so it had an order for a horrible thing. It had, in a sense, in my sense being there, it had a kind of an orderly unfolding also because people left so fast. Mm. You had this sense that the carnage at that particular site might be over, but here's where you had the terror hitting the community. You had a killer at, at large. You didn't know where the killer, or at that point, you don't know if the shooter acted alone. Was this person going to show up at your door? Uh, yeah. So so many questions. Uh, well, yeah. right. So the point was, it wasn't chaotic, but the damage still spread. If you went to your home and ran to your home, you might not only be traumatized if you heard or saw something, but some people were just definitely worried right. that the killer was on the loose and may end up in their yard. We've been speaking with WBEZ's Sarah Carp and Lynn Sweet from the Chicago Sun-Times. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. 
All right. Uh, up next, we are going to chat with uh, Evanston Mayor Daniel Biss. Hi, Mayor. Thanks for joining. Uh, hello. Yeah, good morning. Your reaction to the shooting? Well, it's unthinkable. I mean, there aren't there aren't words either to contemplate the unbelievable loss and pain that was experienced yesterday in Highland Park, the loss of life, the families and other loved ones who are without, had someone taken away from them yesterday, the people who were physically harmed, the people who were traumatized. Um, But it also, I think it's, it's shaking to all of us as we think about what does it mean for us to come together as a community? How do we build a society that works? Well, well, if, if we are frightened to come together collectively, it's very, very hard to have a functioning society. Mm -hmm. And then, and then on top of that, I think we just need to name the fact that this is a choice that many, 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 many countries don't have this situation. People don't wonder if they're going to go to a public place, whether they'll be able to come home safely. People don't train their kids on how to cope with an active shooter in a classroom. This is a choice that we have made about what our priorities are, and it's a immoral and and catastrophic choice, and I think we, we just can't accept it as the way things have got to be. On the contrary, we've got to change it. You made a a decision to cancel the 4th of July parade in Evanston. You also closed the city beaches yesterday after the news of of that shooting in Highland Park. How did you arrive at that decision? Was it immediate? Was it, did you have to mull it over for a bit? Well, I got together on a call with our you know, top leadership, our, our police chief, fire chief, city manager, and, and a few others uh, to, to talk it over together. But I have to tell you, there was not a lot of dissent. I mean, when we made the decision, in fact, when our parade would have begun at 2 p.m., the shooter was at large. And it, it just seemed totally irresponsible uh, to to have a, a parade under those circumstances, not to mention that I'm not sure who would have been in the mood uh, to to celebrate, given given the way people felt across the region at mm-hmm. that time, but we, we just felt like it wasn't it wasn't uh, it wasn't responsible to, to move ahead, uh, given that we're just a few towns over from Highland Park, and it was unknown what who had done it uh, or why or or who else might be a target. You know, we have a primary responsibility to keep keep our community safe, and, and this seemed like the right call for that. And you know, when it came to the beaches. Part of it was the same thinking, and part of it was we have employees uh, who work as lifeguards uh, on the lakefront, uh, and it did not seem um, it did not seem um, yeah responsible to expect them. To we'll we'll have to leave it there. Mayor Biss, we're hearing the press conference with officials in Highland Park is starting right now, so we're going to bring that to you live. Thank you so much for checking in with us, and, and thanks to a live feed from WGN. We're going to turn to that press conference now. They may have seen turning over video that has really helped us uh, further the investigation and aid investigators. One point I just want to clarify is Robert Cremo III, he's 21. He'll be 22 in September of this year, and he's a resident of Highwood. So throughout the past 24 hours, investigators have spoken with numerous witnesses, some of the survivors. Uh, They've had the opportunity to review numerous video clips, uh, both from cell phone video recordings and fixed cameras in the area, and they've uh, conducted a number of other follow-up investigations. And based on where we're at at this point in the investigation, and some of this is still preliminary, so is subject to change as we keep moving forward, but we do believe Cremo pre-planned this attack 
for several weeks. Uh, he brought a high-powered rifle to this parade. He accessed the roof of a business via a fire escape ladder and began opening fire on the innocent Independence Day celebration goers. The rifle was purchased in Illinois, and the information we have thus far is that it appears to have been purchased legally by Cremo. Uh, during the attack, Cremo was dressed in woman's clothing, and investigators do believe he did this to conceal his facial tattoos and his identity and help him during the escape uh, with the other people who were fleeing the chaos. During the attack, we believe that Cremo fired more than 70 rounds from this rifle into the crowd of innocent people. Following the attack, Cremo exited the roof, he dropped his rifle, and he blended in with the crowd, and he escaped. Uh, he walked to his mother's home, who lived in the area, and he blended right in with everybody else as they were running around, almost as he was uh, an innocent spectator as well. He borrowed his mother's vehicle, uh, we issued an alert yesterday afternoon. Chief Jogman uh, provided the vehicle information and Cremo's information. Uh, we're very thankful that an alert member of the community saw Cremo's vehicle traveling southbound on Route 41, dialed 911, an alert North Chicago police officer spotted the vehicle, waited for additional backup units to arrive, conducted a traffic stop, and they were able to safely apprehend Cremo with no injuries to the officers. Inside the vehicle, there was a second rifle located. Uh, indications is that was purchased by Cremo as well. Thus far, over 30 people were injured during the attack, and this does not include the six who lost their lives. Right now, Cremo remains in custody at this time. Uh, there are no indications that there was anybody else involved in this attack. It, by all indications, it appears Cremo was acting by himself. The Lake County State's Attorney's Office has been with us from the ground level. They're with us this morning. They were with us through the night. Uh, we continue to review the information. Investigators are still developing leads and, and very critical information. Uh, once we're at a point where we're ready to review all of that information for charges, uh, we will sit down with the state's attorney and review for criminal charges. I'll, I'm going to turn this over to the mayor, and then I'll be back up to answer questions. Mayor, thank you. Thank you. Today is a day of grieving together, a day to pause, a day to remember those who left us, those who were injured, and for strength for our community. Several vigil and prayer services are taking place today, both inside and beyond Highland Park. They are as follows. The Community Church of Lake Bluff, 117 East Scranton Avenue, Lake Bluff, will hold a prayer service today at noon. The service will include prayer and music at Christ Church on the corner of Route 60 and Waukegan Avenue in Lake Forest. Trinity Grace Church and Christ Church um, has organized a community prayer gathering at 3 p.m. at Trinity Grace Church, 1506 Half Day Road, Highland Park. Everyone is welcome. Highland Park Presbyterian Church, Trinity Episcopal, and other area faith leaders will hold an ecumenical Ecumenical Community Prayer Vigil today at 7 p.m. at the Highland Park Presbyterian Church, 330 Laurel Avenue, Highland Park. All are welcome. Today, Highland Park High School, located at 433 Vine Avenue, in conjunction with community partners, is host hosting crisis counseling until 2 p.m. and is open to everyone. No appointments are necessary. Additionally, a Family Assistance Center will open tomorrow, July 6th at noon, to provide support services and crisis assistance 
to those who were directly impacted at the parade. The location and hours of operations are pending. We'll get that information to the community as soon as we have it. Please go to the city website for more information. The Highland Park Police Department, the American Red Cross, and the FBI Victim Services Response Team are assisting with additional partners. The teams will engage with victims and families to assess their immediate needs and provide crisis intervention and other forms of emergency assistance. Anyone who is a victim of the incident and is in need of support can call 800-CALL-FBI. I know what a generous community we are a part of. We are overwhelmed with the amount of support offered not only from those in Highland Park, but the surrounding region and throughout the nation. Thank you. For those who are looking to donate to victims and in support of the community, we ask that you be mindful of potential scams on GoFundMe and other fundraising avenues. This afternoon, we'll share additional information on the city's website regarding how to donate to the victims, survivors, and those who support the community. For all who have reached out with offers of equipment, food, and professional services, we thank you. Uh, thank you all for coming out today. I'll now turn the mic back to Deputy Chief Cavelli. Thanks, Mary. Any questions? Yes, sir. Can you tell us, uh, Justin, what's in your Can you tell us about the motivation as a suspect cooperating and answering questions? And what more are you learning about the motivation either from him or from his online person? At this point, we have not developed a motive from him. Uh, investigators are very much furthering the investigation. Uh, they have been in discussions with him. I don't have anything to say about motivation thus far because it hasn't been provided. Sir, we've seen disturbing videos online. Were, more, were warning signs missed? The question was, there's disturbing videos online that have been seen. Uh, we are reviewing those. Those are going to be a part of any investigation uh, efforts by our task force investigators, Highland Park Police. We'll look at them and we'll see what they reveal. The question was, uh, where did he purchase the weapons and did he tell his mother uh, what he had done? He purchased the weapons locally uh, within the region, so the Chicagoland area. Uh, when he went to his mother's, we have no indication that he provided any information to her. Did he, did he make, can you give us an idea of how many weapons did he purchase and when was it? So he was in possession of the firearm the day of, the rifle. He was in possession of another rifle in his vehicle when he was pulled over by police. Um, he also had other firearms that were recovered from a residence uh, that he was living in in Highwood. Chris, well, in his name? They were in his name. They were legally purchased. His level of disguise, right? So how did you guys identify him at this point? I mean, clearly there was a lot of planning. Do you have an idea when he placed himself on the roof? Like, is there a timeline? So so we are working on the timeline, and we don't want to come out with inaccurate information on timing. Um, one of the asks that we have is members of the community, if you have any video of this individual uh, that is walking toward the parade, at the parade, uh, potentially on the roof or exiting, to please call 1-800-CALL-FBI. As far as the disguise went, um, he wore that in an attempt to conceal himself. Do you have pictures of that that you can offer? I mean, what did he look like? Or? Potentially, I'll look into that and I'll have to get back to you. How do you identify him? Considering the extensive digital trail, the disturbing videos, the amount of views garnered, was he known to law enforcement beforehand? And if not, why not? 
I can't get into that right now. There have been some law enforcement contacts, nothing of a violent nature. I can't get into the specifics of the context of that. And how many rifles are calling to NBC News are reporting that he purchased multiple weapons? Can you give us any details as to the weapons and how many he may have been in possession of? At this time, I know of the two rifles, and I know that there uh, were potentially pistols that he he had owned as well. Sir. Has he made any statements to investigators, and does he have an attorney? Uh, I'm not going to go into what he may or may not have said. The investigation is still moving forward. I'll provide that information okay. later Chief on. Chief, would you break down? Targeted anyone specific or was shooting randomly? Shooting appears to be completely random. Is it possible he chose the community because of the high population of Jewish people? I know people are concerned that it was an anti-Semitic attack. We have no information to suggest at this point it was racially motivated, motivated by religion, or any other protected status. And all the videos that appeared on... I believe still in place is an assault rifle ban in Highland Park, is that correct? Yeah, I, I don't have information on that right now, but we will get back to you on specifics. Right, right. All the videos of Primo prior to this, did anyone ever call Highland Park Police or tip off authorities that these were unlawful? No, we, we're not, we were not made aware of these videos. Chris, Chris, how did you identify him as a suspect? Through surveillance video or by tracing the gun? So investigators did a really good job. The ATF was phenomenal yesterday. They expedited a uh, trace of the firearm. That was a major investigative lead for us. In addition to that, the witness statements, the videos that we obtained from uh, people that turned them in and the businesses, they all helped us tremendously. Can you break down the number of injuries, not the deceased, and can you also then further break down how many of those were gunshot victims and how many of the injured were not gunshot victims? The information I have right now is that all of those that were either transported to the hospital or self-drove themselves to the hospital were injured by gunfire. So over 30 individuals that were injured by the gunfire, and they went to the three hospitals we mentioned yesterday. Do you have any more info on the ages? He was identified by uh, a, a number of... Uh, there were police officers that were able to recognize his photo once it was revealed, and so, that helped tremendously. So Chris, can you help us to understand, when you say you know he was dressed as a woman during the shooting, is that based on photographic evidence or what eyewitnesses have said? And also, can you tell us what type of weapon was used? So it was a high-powered rifle that was used. It was uh, shot high-velocity rounds. Was it AR-15? It could be similar to an AR-15. It was similar to an AR-15. As far as identifying him with the woman's clothes, he was seen on, on video camera in the woman's clothes. Video camera uh, played a tremendous role in how we were able to identify him both uh, leaving initially and as he left. Chris, what are you doing with the The guns are the same, and were they bought at the same? No. Different and bought at separate locations. Is this status on charges? Charges? Why does he have a wig on? Because it was reported that it was a... I'm not exactly sure what the woman's attire consisted of. Initially, it was reported that this person had long hair, so a wig isn't out of the question. Can you repeat that? It was a local business right in that vicinity. I'm not sure the name of the business. Uh, he was able to access the roof through a ladder that's affixed to the side of the building. We'll take three more, okay? What happened with, those, with that clothing? Did he dump it somewhere or did he have it on him? Have you talked to his parents at all? We've talked to the teachers and he was... 
the things that that is important to remember here is the diligence and investigation we're going to reach out to everybody we possibly can that has information first-hand information about him whether that's family members teachers uh, friends whoever it is that has information but it does take time it takes time to gather who may know him who knew him in the past teachers that is something that task force investigators are working on they've interviewed a number of people thus far but please keep in mind we're 24 hours in there's a lot of work to be done here we're not done I don't want to get into levels of cooperation. No indication the weapons were modified. Okay, one more, one more. Have any children passed away? No children have passed away. We'll take your last one. They gave when he bought the weapons. What address I'm not sure what address he gave. I can get back to you on that. All right, we'll be back this afternoon about 3 o'clock. We hopefully have an updated status on charges. He'll remain in custody at this point. 3 o'clock. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.